1: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody! Hope you had a good weekend. We got some uh, NBA basketball with two games: uh, the Knicks and the Heat going on in the uh, the first quarter has just ended. It's a one point game, and then of course uh, the Lakers and the Warriors hockey tonight. You've got Edmonton and the Vegas Knights as uh, they go to Alberta for Games 3 and 4. Good to have you on board. we got a lot to talk about. Uh, I'm going to spend my podcast tomorrow talking about the absurdity that is now the United States of America and how messed up this country is. I, I just am so pissed off and bothered by everything that's going on in this country. Uh, the The cancel culture... The, uh, the, the vile nature of social media, the just, it's awful. Uh, it's absolutely awful. I mean, you can start with, you know, another mass shooting uh, in this country, which obviously the loss of life is number one. But I am so upset at people that I know and respect that have condemned and want to cancel Glenn Kuiper, the TV voice of the Oakland A's for his tongue-tied slip-up that he made on the air in Kansas City on, what was that, Friday night? And the the people that rushed to social media, many of whom I know, that want to be an expert on these things and call someone a racist without knowing the individual, without knowing anything about the individual is sickening to me. It's sickening. It is absolutely sickening. And I'll tell you what else bothers me. And I'm going to spend my podcast on this tomorrow. So I don't want to spend the whole show on this. Our lives begin to end the day We remain silent about things that matter. One of the great, great quotes from MLK. I know, personally, many of the people that work in the TV truck behind the scenes for the Oakland A's. I know the director. I know the producer. I know the graphics individual, okay? And every single one of those individuals should put their job on the line. And say, we refuse to go to work until Glenn Kuiper is back in the booth. Okay? They know Glenn. They travel with him. Okay? Stick up for what you believe in. Make a stand. All right? If more people in this country would make a stand, cancer culture would not exist anymore. It would not exist. But you got people that are too damn afraid to take a stand And they turn their head the other way. And again, some of the folks that I am talking about that work for that awful company, NBC Sports California, are are very close friends of mine. And I have the utmost respect for them. But you know what? Take a stand. Take a stand. Refuse to go to work. Refuse to go to work. That's what you should do. All right, the Knicks scored 30 points in the first quarter tonight. I guess the weather was not a problem for them. Jalen Rose with his asinine, stupid comment from Friday night saying that the Knicks' poor three-point shooting in that game was because of the Florida weather. As if the game is played outdoors. As if the Miami Heat, excuse me, as if the Knicks in Miami stayed in a hotel that was outdoors without, you know, any cover of, of the heat and humidity. They stayed in a hotel without air conditioning. I mean, you know, it's just stupid. You know, the comments that go on and on. I, I don't understand Jalen Rose. You know, last week it was Phil Jackson's a racist. This week it's the next poor three-point shooting is because of the weather in Florida. And I, I don't get this. Do you understand this? It's unbelievable. I'm going to make one other comment. And it has to do with college basketball coach Bob Huggins who should be fired, who should be canceled because what he did on a Cincinnati radio station goes beyond comprehension. Okay. And he didn't have a slip of the tongue because it was repeated on a Cincinnati radio station, meaning that it wasn't just like one comment and then he moved on. It was a series of comments using a homophobic slur. Okay. The same homophobic slur that got Cincinnati sportscaster Tom Brenneman fired. You know, now Bob Huggins with all of his apology. I'm sorry. His apology doesn't mean a goddamn thing to me. Excuse my language, if that offends you. It doesn't mean a damn thing to me. Go listen to the interview that he did on a Cincinnati radio station. He deserves everything that's coming his way. This wasn't a Glenn Kuiper type of a situation. Really wasn't. But that's the country that we're living in today. That's the country. Everybody wants to be quick to judge. Everybody's a freaking expert. Everybody wants to call somebody a racist. You know, Phil Jackson says, the Hall of Famer, Phil Jackson, says he doesn't watch the NBA anymore because of, the bubble in 2020, and all the political and social messaging by the NBA. Now, all of a sudden, he's a racist, according to Jalen Rose. I mean, you just can't make this up. You just can't make it up. All right, let's get to uh, some phone calls, and why don't we start with Connor? Connor, good to have you on the show today. How are you? Doing good, Grant. How are you? Okay, buddy.
3: So, I got some stuff to say about sports and stuff, but at first, I kind of wanted to just respond with my reaction to your opening comments, like, I obviously I want to be in this business and everything. It just really worries me to, if I slip up once and say anything wrong, that I could just You're be done. done like that. It's just, it's really wor- worrisome to me.
1: Well, I'll tell you, and I'm going to talk about this on my podcast tomorrow. I have had sportscasters that you would know that have called me and told me the exact same thing. Some that you will be watching in the month of May on national television. Okay, so think about that. These are the best at their craft telling me that they have the same fears that you have. How sad is that?
3: Yeah, it's really sad. It's a shame what the world or this country has come to today with, I mean, nobody looks at context anymore or basically no. background or path of work. They just see one thing and just assume the worst.
1: You got a guy on Barstool Sports last week. What was his name? Ben Mintz said his name. I'm sorry. I was not familiar with him. That is reciting the lyrics of a rap song and uses the N-word from a, the lyrics of a rap song and is immediately fired and labeled a racist. I mean, you know, w- what is wrong with this country? Seriously, what is wrong with this country?
3: Yeah, yeah, Jalen Rose and Kendrick Perkins and Stephen A. Smith can all just speak blasphemy every day and there's never any reason. It's a
1: joke. It's an absolute disgrace. It's it's a disgrace. It really is. It's disgraceful.
3: Yeah, it is. And then in other news, I wanted to talk a little bit about that Nugget Suns game last night. Obviously the Suns won the game, but how about Nikola Jokic with fifty-three and ten? That's that's pretty impressive coming from a center.
1: Every time he has the ball, you almost assume that he is either going to get an assist or a basket. That's how dominant he was yesterday. And by the way, I'm glad that the NBA is not doing anything because of what happened on the sideline, you know, that that he the, there's no reason for him to be suspended for that. But uh, he's great with a capital G. You know what else? I don't know how you feel about this. There are certain players that just make the game look easy, almost like it's the, like the game's being played in slow motion. He makes the game look so easy, you know, it's, because he doesn't do anything that makes you ooh and I, ah, you know what I mean? It's, he's not Connor McDavid. He's not Wayne Gretzky. He's not Michael Jordan. He's not um, Giannis Adetokounmpo. Does that make sense? But yet he just produces. It's, uh, he makes the game look so easy. He plays the game as if it's in slow motion, meaning that the game comes so easy to him, it almost looks like he's playing in a different league.
3: Yeah, and since you brought it up, I kind of wanted to your take on that whole incident with Jokic and the owner of the Suns because it seemed to me watching the video that the owner of the Suns, I mean, he was doing a pretty good flop job in my opinion. And yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're the owner of the Suns or a fan. You're holding the ball. He just wants to get the ball in play. And, I mean, I still don't understand why he was fined $25,000. Like, what did he do wrong? It didn't look like he really shoved anything.
1: He was fine. I'll, I'll tell you why. It's 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 the league's way of saying – to the uh, uh, detractors, boy, how come you didn't punish him at all? They have to do it just so they can move on. You know, it's almost like a obligatory fine so that when people attack the NBA for saying, gee, how come you didn't do anything to Nikola Jokic, they can go, yeah, we did. We fined him 25000 So, you know, it's not a big deal.
3: Yeah, that's a fair point. And then, obviously, game three with the Oilers tonight, that game two was dominant. It was just really good dominant. game to watch. They just They were perfect, basically, in that game.
1: What did I tell you before game one? Not that I needed to tell you this, but you asked me what the key was. And I talked about don't be committing penalties in this series, especially with the Edmonton power play. You, if you commit a penalty and you give Edmonton the power play, look at how dominant they were in that game two. You give them the power play. It is so good, so lethal, that you're going to have a difficult time winning. You cannot commit penalties against the Edmonton Oilers and expect to win. You know Their power play is that dominant. It's just, you know, I got to be honest, Connor. I've been watching hockey since 1963. All right. I've been watching with the original six. Okay. That's how long I've been watching hockey. I don't, and I've, I've watched the uh, Edmonton Oilers dominate in the 80s. I watched the New York Islanders dominate in the 80s. I watched the Canadians with the great Bob Gainey and Guy LaFleur and Evi, uh, Yvonne Cornwhite. I mean, I can go on and on. I've watched the, the, the Philadelphia Flyers with Bobby Clark. And that whole team. I watched Bobby Orr. I watched Phil Esposito. I watched Busick. I watched Hodge. All right. You you probably don't even know these names, but these are some of the great players to ever play in the National Hockey League. I've never seen a power play like this year's Edmonton Oilers. Never. I've never seen a power play like this.
3: Wow. That's high praise, but the numbers back it up. They had the best power play percentage in NHL history in the regular season. They have basically doubled that in the playoffs. It's Obviously expect it to drop a little bit. They play more games, but it seems like if McDavid or Dreisaitl has the puck on the power play, and then the underrated part about that is getting it to Bouchard at the point and he can just send it. And yep. He scored a lot. You have to pick your poison on the power play. And when they give Bouch the space there, he seems to take advantage.
1: Well, the biggest key when you're going against the Edmonton Oilers on the power play, you have to win the face-off. You know, when, the, when, the, when the face-off is in your zone you have to win the face-off, okay? If you lose the face-off in your defensive zone, you're screwed against the Oilers because then they can set it up and you can see what happens. You absolutely have to win the face-off and make them skate into your zone as opposed to winning the face-off and setting it up to the point and then you're screwed. So it's, uh, and by the way, there's no picnic when they skate into the zone because, you know, Connor McDavid's the best skater in the league and sidle is having an, a, an incredible playoff. I mean, it's amazing. But um, you know, the, and again, I you know I how I feel about Vegas. You know, my best friend just runs the whole team. I don't see Vegas winning this series. I didn't see them winning before it began. I just think Edmonton, their star power is too much. You know, and especially when you have Dreisaitl playing the way he's playing right now. We, we you know we're talking more about him than Connor McDavid, which tells you something. And again, Dreisaitl's no chopped liver. This is the closest thing to Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier or Wayne Gretzky and Yuri Curry that I've seen since the eighties. I mean, it just is, I've no, I it's, it's, it's dominating hockey. And I'll tell you what else, if, if teams are going to continue to commit stupid penalties, the others are going to win the Stanley cup this year. All right. The table is set for them right now to win the Stanley cup without the Bruins in there with their upset and no disrespect to Florida, no disrespect to you know, Carolina, no disrespect to anyone else. But uh, the, the table is set right now for the Edmonton Oilers. It's set. Now, I'm not, that doesn't mean they're going to beat Vegas. I mean, this game tonight is huge. It's absolutely huge uh, for Vegas to sl- see if they can slow down the Oilers. The last time these two teams played in Edmonton, uh, about a month ago, Vegas went up there and won in overtime. So they know they can win up there. They just did a month ago. But this is going to be one hell of a tough challenge.
3: Yeah, and you bring up the penalties and careless plays. I think Vegas was the most disciplined team in the regular season in that regard. Yes. In game yes, they two, were. you saw Jack Eichel, their best player. He was in the box two or three times. So yep. that's not a good message that your number one guy is in the box that many times. Can't have
1: it. Can't have Jack Eichel in a bus. You're what you know, it's spot on. You're one hundred percent correct.
3: Yeah, and then last thing, obviously, I've been getting more and more in the hockey the last couple of years, but in terms of traditions, watching the Oilers as they sing O Canada in the pregame before the game, it just gives me chill. That's got to be one of the best traditions in hockey. It's just it's incredible to have the whole stadium sing in unison.
1: Hockey is just a rare breed, and I think that it's a shame that that doesn't carry on into our other sports leagues. It is amazing. I've been to many a hockey games in Canada. I've been to hockey games and. Toronto. have been uh, uh, NHL games in Vancouver. Uh, the pride with the national anthem. With the national anthem is amazing. The feel. Um, yeah, and you know, just even the the traditional handshake line at the end of a brutal series, where you know, let's face it, you know, you watch these games. I mean, yeah, the other game, you didn't have Sabonis going over to shake uh, Draymond Green's hand. Now you can say I understand that all you want, but that would never happen in hockey. That's the point I'm trying to make.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. Go Oilers tonight. Hopefully we get a good game.
1: All right, see you, man. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls. And it is uh, Ryan in Sackdown. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Doing good. How you doing, Napes? I'm good, bud. What's up?
2: Not that much. I did want to uh, comment on your opening and much like Connor, you know, this is something that I am trying to do for a living as well. And that is a scary proposition that you are responsible for whatever comes out of your mouth, regardless of the context. But I guess the one thing that I would like to add on in addition to what you said is, you know, Bob Huggins, the word that he used, you know, you don't hear it in rap songs a lot. You don't hear it in movies too much, you know? And as far as, you know, what happened in that situation, I'm just tired of a double standard with that use of that word being glorified in so many other mediums. And it doesn't have to be from one race. It's many different races that use that word at times. And yet, you know, if if it's a reporter, if it's a media personality, if it's somebody that is Caucasian, that uses that word, regardless of the context, it is the, it's like you've committed capital murder. And I don't, it just feels like the two sides are being pulled further and further apart. And when I mean two sides, right and wrong, because you have people using that word left and right every single day and you don't hear a thing.
1: It's disgusting. It's um, one of the real big problems in the United States right now. And I, I did a rant on this last week, by the way, before Glenn Kuyper even, you know, misspoke. I did a rant on this. And it was interesting. I mean, I just, I said that that word needs to be eradicated from our vocabulary, period. It needs to be eradicated. It needs to be, you know, I, here's the analogy I made. In the United States, you can't have a team called the Cleveland Indians anymore, okay? But yet, the one of, the, one of the, the most despicable, ugly words, can we agree on that? In the English language, there's no problem in certain genres of music and cl- uh, entertainment. Entertainment, I mean, what are we talking about? Music, what are we talking about? Why is one of the most disgusting, despicable, arguably the most despicable, disgusting word, in the English language, why is that glorified in rap music? And maybe glorified is the wrong adjective, you know? And I know there are going to be people of color that go, "G. Grant, you know, you you just don't understand. You're an old white man. You know, you don't know. I do understand. Okay, I understand. That word is offensive to many, 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 many many people. I will make the argument, okay? And again, I have nothing to back this up. I'm just going to make a blanket statement here. I think that word is a hell of a lot more offensive than the, the uh, nickname Indians is, okay, to people. All right, I'm just going to make that statement right now. And yet we have no problem using and taking the uh, Indians out of Cleveland. All right, my high school on Long Island, the state of New York, just, just um, uh, passed legislation. No more Braves as nicknames in high schools or Warriors. My, but The nickname of my high school was the size of Braves. That will be no longer the nicknames of other uh, high schools with the nickname Warriors, no more. I don't understand that, quite frankly. I don't understand that. But if we can say, well, gee, that's offensive, and yet we allow, and again, I think I don't even think this is debatable. The most despicable, vile word in the English language to be used in music on a regular basis, and yet we 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 turn our head to that. I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. And I did a rant on this last week before before Glenn Kuyper even got into this mess. Oh, Wow, wow
2: I, I didn't know that. And I, here's my counter argument to that, Grant. You, um, and I want to speak carefully here because I don't want to make a blanket statement that it's just African-Americans that use that word in slang or, you know, um, use it more commonly than other races. But at the same time, there's, you don't hear a lot of Indian-Americans calling themselves rednecks. You don't hear them calling themselves those words, you know, like so uh, I guess the counter is, you know, that word. It could be very offensive because that word has been eliminated from their culture, whereas uh, this word remains very relevant in culture. I mean, go to an NBA game. You can't sit eight rows from the court and not hear it. Probably 30 or 40.
1: Yep. And the league doesn't seem to have any problem with that. You know, I don't understand that. I just do not understand that at all. And there are a lot of things I don't understand in this country. But I here, here's one thing I think that most of us would agree with, not all would agree with. This country continues to go uh, in the wrong direction on a daily basis. That's my opinion. I mean, the the, the the United States, to me, continues to go downhill and is not ascending, it's descending. And I think it's lack of leadership. And I think it's been that way for a long time. And I'm praying that there is a Uh, An individual in the pipeline, so to speak, that is has dynamic leadership skills, regardless of party, that's able to bring this country together, because I think this country is continuing to become separated and becoming more and more of a, a, a really bad situation. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just my opinion, but that's what I see. Well,
2: it it doesn't. So for me, when I look at the country, it's more of, you know, you you think you've hit a low at some points, and then it goes even further. So I guess the question becomes in some areas where the country is very much struggling, what is rock bottom, because I feel like we've hit that numerous times. And, you know, it just gets worse. I mean, you brought up the mass shootings. It what do we say about him now? You, you're not surprised anymore. Basically, all you do is
1: you add a outlet mall to the list of places that you got to think twice now. Uh, That's correct. You turn, yeah, and, and you know what? You you turn you you turn the page. Like you hear the news and you're like, it doesn't even phase you anymore. You, well, other than gosh, I can't. How sad is that? Blah blah blah. I remember your story and so many others when we had the mass shooting at the school outside of uh, San Antonio last year, right? And you were talking to me about the conversation you had to have with your son, and how many other parents, you know, dropping their children off at school, you know, were petrified. And you know, you have to now talk to your children about what to do in certain situations as it relates to a a a shooter at a school. I mean, what the hell kind of society are we living in? And the sad thing is, okay, we're and I we're you and I are talking on a Monday. We're probably going to be having another mass shooting this week in the country, okay? And 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 you know, I hate to say this, Ryan, but let's just you're going to pray that it's not at the school that your son's at, right? Or you're going to pray that it's not at the mall that your wife is shopping at, okay? It doesn't mean you don't care about other people, but you know, you these are the things that people think about now. Gee, should I go to the 4th of July celebration at my town with 30,000 people? Should I go to this area? that is outdoors, you know, where there's not the security of going through a metal detector. I mean, you know, these are all things that you think about now that you never used to have to think about. And I will say this, you know me, I like to travel around the world, okay? And by the way, for the record, I'm not anti-gun. I'm not pro-gun, but I'm not anti-gun. I am the only one that I know, and I mean this, I'm the only one in the United States other than my brother that I know of that does not own a firearm. Every single one of my friends owns firearms. So I'm not anti-gun, all right, because I I understand the the right to bear arms in a country. I get that. I do not understand why anyone needs an assault weapon, okay? I don't understand that. So if you're going to ask me what side of the fence am I on, I'm okay for people in the United States— to be responsible gun owners. I'm okay with that. I don't understand. And by the way, all of my friends own assault rifles or most of them do. And okay. I've asked them, I go, why do you need an assault rifle? I don't understand that. Okay, now they're not the problem. They're not the ones that, you know what I mean? Yeah. they all, here's the other issue that I find just incredible. Every single one of my friends that I know that owns firearms, they go to classes. They, they go to a place called, uh, there's a place in Vegas and I can't remember the name of it. And they go out there once or twice a year to get trained on their weapons and to get recertified. And like, they, they, they're like freaking experts about the weapons. They're responsible, right? That's not the problem in the country, but the problem is, and I'll ask you, and again, I hate to go off on a tangent here because we're going to have another school shooting in the near future, you know it. And I know it. Okay. And then we're going to have another one after that, you know it. And I know it, then we're going to have another one after that. And so what's ever going to change the course of this? Like, are we just going to live in a country where it's OK to cancel someone because they utter a word that they didn't mean to say? You know, you the word is intent. Does anyone think that Glenn Kuyper intended to use the N-word and, and be ridiculed as a racist, be suspended, be humiliated, OK, be embarrassed by his company that he works for and possibly fired? Does anybody think that that went through the mind? of Glenn Kuiper, I mean, it's unbelievable to me. That's the country we're living in now, cancer culture. It's like, oh, we'll get rid of that person. You know, it's like, I, I don't understand it. I just do not understand it. I really but, don't. I, it blows me away.
2: You see, but Grant, that's the thing. There's no in between there. You're either on the side where he absolutely meant to say that word. And I'm going to disregard the fact that he spent his off time that day going to the museum to learn about the history, which quite frankly, Grant, my guess is that word is probably somewhere in publications or within the media that they present at the museum as part of the history and the movement of the Negro League coming into, you know, the MLB and, you know, African-Americans being able to play in Major League Baseball. So, uh, so That's he, a great point. And, and think
1: about this. He spent his off day, okay, right. visiting the Negro League's baseball museum, Okay. Now, again, I'm just going to make this statement. How many racists do you think would spend their off day going to visit the Negro League's baseball museum? Again, this is another part of this equation that if people would just stop for 10 seconds and examine this, they might have a different opinion. But anyway, go ahead.
2: Yeah, but that's exactly what I was going to say. It's, it's that person that doesn't stop for 10 seconds and examines it. And, and it's either they, they need to be canceled and they're done, or it's you take the seconds and you think about those things and you realize context. Um, Was there any, you know, was he trying to come off a certain way using that way? No, like, and you work through it. It doesn't mean that you're saying that it's okay. It was a slip of the tongue, but you work through it and you come to an understanding with it. But then there's a big gap between those two different types of thinking.
1: I will tell you, I have been on the air thousands of times, both radio and television throughout my career. And I have mispronounced words, not not to this degree, but the point is I have been talking and a word that I meant to say came out sounding completely different. And I know it, I I know it immediately, but I don't correct myself. And what I have found is most people won't even catch it, okay? And I will say this, and and I'm only saying, I don't even know. You got to remember, this happened during, if I'm not mistaken, during the pregame show, and he didn't make an apology until the sixth inning. And what I mean by that is I don't even know how many people even caught that. You know, people, here's the other aspect of this. You know what's really sad? People are killing his analyst, Dallas Braden. They're killing him. They're like, how could you just stay there stoic-faced and not add or not say anything? I'll tell you why. Because he didn't catch it either. It was so quick. And it, you know, if you're 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 on a broadcast, probably didn't even hear the mispronunciation of the word. Does that make sense? And yeah. I bet you that the vast majority of people that were watching, which with the A's is probably a very few, didn't catch it either. You know, but yet people are killing Dallas Braden. Dallas Braden also now is being labeled by these idiots on social media as a racist because he didn't speak up. I mean, that's just that's the country we're living in now.
2: Yeah, Grant, I, I can only speak to my experience this season with you, with the King stuff that we did. And there were so many times if I went back and watched a show, oh, I didn't hear Grant say that. Oh, I heard that wrong. And that's 30 or 40 minutes of, you know, broadcast. It, it's not doing an entire pregame, an entire baseball show, 160 times or 162 times a year. So uh, I, that's completely in the realm of possibility. They're,
1: they're, they're, there are times as a broadcaster when you're not feeling well and you're, or you're tired and you do not speak as clearly as you want to. I've been there again, I've done thousands of games in all different sports and you're not reading off a script, you're ad libbing. Okay. And when you ad lib, your mind is always thinking, you know, it's not as natural as you might seem, you know, you, you do have to formulate in your head as you're going along what you're going to say next. And there are times when you are tired or maybe, you know, again, I, 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 it's interesting because I watched a interview with Kobe Bryant, uh, the other night, uh, from a couple of years ago, because I love going back and watching video of Kobe and it's, he was such a a different person, but somebody asked him on an interview, did you ever play a game with no sleep? And he said, yeah. And he said, what was that like? He said, well, you know, when you have kids and they're sick and you're up at night and you're, you know, tending to them, uh, there are nights, some nights when you don't get sleep and you can't get a nap and you go to work and they're like, well, how'd you play? He goes, it doesn't really matter you know, about whether you're tired or not. Well, what did your teammates think? Well, I don't tell my teammates. No one cares. No one cares if you're tired. Nobody cares about whether you have kids that are sick, meaning that when you go to work, you go to work, you do your job. There were many times over a span of 40 years broadcasting all kinds of different games where I was very tired or had been up all night with my kids or whatever, whatever. And those are the nights when you don't enunciate as well as you would want. And certain words don't come out the way you mean them to. So I get, I get the fact how an announcer can mispronounce a word, can get caught up in that. I've been there. I haven't been there to the degree that Glenn Kuiper was there, but I have an understanding in my profession. What I do not have an understanding is the number of people that I know in the business, okay, that I personally know that are on NFL Network, ESPN, various outlets uh, in the media that killed Glenn Kuyper for that. And I am so bothered by those people because they know better. And it's just, it's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting.
2: Well, it, they're playing to their base, Grant. I mean, that the, that's just... Kind of how it is these days, unfortunately. I mean, it, it's the people that support them, and they have to it, it's classic politics. You have to swing the way that your supporters think. And so are whoever's, you know, funding you, supporting you, exactly. So, anyways, it, it and is and that's it. And you just
1: and you and you know what? You just hit it right on the head right there. You you just hit it right on the head. What you just said right there, unfortunately, is spot on. Companies don't do the right things, okay. Like, okay, we talk about NBC Sports California that has suspended Glenn Kuyper, right? They suspended him. When I, now you ready for this? On, uh, I lost my jobs on June 2nd. On June 1st, NBC Sports California put out this column, this column, this statement about me on June 1st after I said all lives matter, every single one. You ready for this? This is the statement they put out on all of their social media platforms. Quote, our company values and honors inclusion and equality, racism, injustice, and violence run counter to everything we stand for and cannot be tolerated in our society. Grant Napier's recent comments on Twitter, do not reflect the views of NBC Sports California. We've spoken to Grant's employer, the Sacramento Kings, about the matter. Can you like can you believe that? That's the statement they put out on me one day after I said, all lives matter, every single one. And they took my statement and turned it into inclusion, equality, racism, injustice, and violence. How about that?
2: that's crazy because your statement is basically condemning everything that they say. They, (laughs) you know what I
1: mean? Exactly. That's exactly right. My (laughs) statement is, uh, is, I mean, but, but you see what you just said, you are 100% spot on. Like, so what, what did NBC sports, California do immediately? They immediately put out a statement. Okay. And then suspended Glenn Kuiper, and said that pending our what looking into the matter, I can't remember what language they used. Why? Because they're so scared of what the rhetoric's going to be, what people are going to say about them. They're not doing what is right. They're doing what they feel they have to do to protect themselves, to. even though they know what they're doing is 100% wrong. Yep. Yep. They have to. It, it, and that's no, not- but you see they don't have to that's the problem they don't have to they don't have to of they, they don't. It don't it's just like it, it's like the people that work in the truck for the Oakland A's who again I know very well they don't have to go to work they, they could just take a stand and go you know what this is wrong and we're not going to go and produce your baseball games okay and and go find somebody else that have no experience to try to put a major league baseball game on that's what should happen People should stand up for what they believe in. Again, I go back to the MLK quote. Our lives begin to end the day we remain silent about things that matter. In this country, people need to get off their asses and stand up for what they believe in, okay, And, 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 and our country would be a hell of a lot better.
2: Oh, it absolutely would. But Grant, I mean, I, I don't fault them for not walking out because it, some people are just not of the same mindset as you. Um, and it's just the way it is. It's just like people that don't vote in presidential elections, right? That they, they just go with the flow. They don't complain. They just go under the radar. And that's what it is. But it's it's tough, you know, they don't want to put themselves at risk. and that's really what it is these days. Connor kind of laid the foundation for this. It's like, okay, I'm scared to do this now because if I say one word, I could throw my entire career away, right? Should Connor have to be in fear of saying one word wrong and throwing his entire life away once he makes it in broadcasting?
1: No, he shouldn't. Well, welcome. No, he shouldn't. But unfortunately, that's the society we live in. And when we get more people standing up, and not being afraid to speak the truth and what they believe, maybe maybe this will change. I do think it's starting to change a little bit. When you have the Bill Maher of the world coming out and publicly speaking up for people like me, I mean, think about that. Twice on Bill Maher's show uh, on HBO, twice, two different shows, he has spoke up in favor in 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 support of me. Why can't more people do that? I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about of all these things in general. It's just, it's very sad to me.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, Grant. And I think you're going to see the momentum kind of swing towards that now. So I I wouldn't be surprised if there's more stories like yours, your story comes up more. I I think it is starting to swing that way in some areas. So that's a good thing. Hey, um, I, I do want to bring one quick thing up related to sports and the Kings. I don't want to get into a Dylan Brooks conversation. I do want to get into a conversation about whether or not you think the Kings locker room and coach Brown would, are, are in a place to be able to handle a player with a big personality. And I'm being very generous by saying big with a strong personality like that after this you know one year miraculous run
1: well if they are they're making the biggest mistake of this particular tenure of this franchise so are they capable of doing it they may think they are but it won't work out well and it would be the wrong move and they would end up regretting it so my my take is if it ain't broke don't fix it and the sacramento kings are not broke they don't need to be fixed. You just need to add on, but the culture needs to stay the same. You cannot mess up the culture that is currently the Sacramento Kings. You can't do it. You can't ma- You cannot mess up what is a good thing, and you can't be bringing in players such as a Dylan Brooks type of a personality. I don't think they need him anyway. But I don't. I don't think you would need that player.
2: Yeah, I don't think you need him either. But do you think? Do you think with the way the culture has been set? in this one year that the Kings have had, they could possibly not, it doesn't even have to be Brooks, but a player similar with that type of personality, is that locker locker room strong enough to turn them around? Is coach Brown able to handle a player like that?
1: You can't turn around a player. When you get a player, that player is who they are. They're not gonna be changed. You're not gonna turn them around. So if you go and you take a player of that magnitude with those type of issues and red flags, you're not going to think, well, gee, our locker room's really good, and we're going to make them uh, into no. Uh-uh. You when you when you acquire a player like that, you understand the baggage that comes along with it, and you understand that that is going to continue. And if you can't live with that, then don't don't bring that player into your team.
2: Gotcha. Okay, that that's what I was wondering. The reason I bring it up is there's been some articles. The odds have the Kings the second um, best odds to land Brooks which I, I'm on your side. I don't think it makes sense, but that's been kind of the overriding discussion about it is, is this culture strong enough to turn them around?
1: Here's the other deal. The, the Sacramento fan base is also very different. And I think you also have to take into account your fan base and that fan base does not want that. No. All right. The, and I, I don't think you can discount that I've always said as a front office person, you don't make moves based on the fans but in this particular instance, it's on it's on my list of things that I would be concerned about bringing in a player of that caliber.
2: Yeah, that's a great point, especially coming off of uh, DeMarcus,
1: because I mean, even exactly. to the st- you hear
2: exactly talk about him. So, all right, buddy, looking forward to the podcast. Always great talking to you.
1: Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Bye bye. All right. Let's move along here and uh, let's get to uh, Mike. Mike, welcome to the show. How are you today, Mike? This show is sponsored by Better Help. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big small, but I think you can agree we all carry around additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel com slash grant. Step into the world of power, loyalty. Mike, you there. All right, Mike, I'll put you back in the audience and we will move along to Waggus. Hello, Waggus. Good afternoon. How are you on this Monday? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. Thanks for calling.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, a, a couple of things I wanted to say. I think you made a great point. You know, they don't have to right? They can always, you know, and whether it's NBC or, you know, whoever, you know, just do the right thing. You know, you, you understand the context. You can always put a statement out there that says, you know, well, we disagree with anything that's, you know, you know, uh, f- from, um, from a equality point of view. In this case, however, this is what really happened. We have spoken with this gentleman. So you don't have to, you know, cave down, right? And so I, I just don't understand that because because if NBC Sports, okay, puts out a statement like that, like, you know, while we agree with all the values we have, unfortunately in this case, this was not the, you know, context here, but but we, um, something of, uh, of around that nature. So that's what I don't understand is why are big networks, you know, and why is common sense not being displayed and a true leadership, uh, you know, from, from that point. Common of that, sense does not
1: understand. exist, and common sense does not exist in the United States of America anymore. I've done many a rants on this, many a podcast on this, and that's going to be the theme of my podcast tomorrow. Common sense doesn't exist in the United States anymore; it's gone. It does. It, there, there's no more common sense in the country. It's gone. I, okay, I, I just think it's incredibly unfortunate because you know,
0: you know, I was kind of reading because I didn't know what you were talking about, and I had to Google and I had to read everything. You know. Yep. I, I mean, everything is there. Um, it was unfortunately This was a situation they don't. I mean, you, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, you don't whatever. So, yeah, uh, never mind. I, I was just saying that a network doesn't have to do that. You know, they can always stand up and actually. Hey, you know what? Exactly the, a a what network happened.
1: and a team, the, the, the team that he works for absolutely threw him under the bus with their own yeah. statement from the PR department. Then the network that carries the games. And again, I don't know if Glenn is paid by the A's or NBC Sports California. So I I don't know the, uh, but they both, they both killed him and they both could have come out and said, Hey, you know what? We stand, uh, by Glenn. And as unfortunate as the word was, we understand his intent. We understand who he is. He's been a longstanding employee of ours. He is respected by, uh, all of our coworkers regardless of ethnicity and religion yep. blah 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 yep. you know you could yes. just stick by your employee instead of throwing them under the bus
0: yeah and and you can say you know we're not all perfect and it, you know it was an app, it was that's not it man that's exactly right we were, I, we're, training, we're very sorry know? that right, we're yeah. very sorry yeah. that
1: glenn misspoke on his telecast however it was nothing more yeah. than a mistake it was not you know the intent blah blah, blah. you know you could do it i mean and yeah. and I, as many people that would might be upset at you, there are probably twice as many that would respect you as a company for sticking up for your employee. Right.
0: Well, it's the right thing to do because that's what happened and that's exactly what NBC, in your situation, honestly, Grant, it would have been a two-liner in your situation. You know, we have spoken with Grant. That's not what he meant. You know, he was simply, you know, saying exactly what he said. He didn't say it to that. We've spoken with him. He understands. He's issued an apology, and let's move on. Something like that, you know. Yeah. I
1: well now I, yeah, see, I, and there are different there are different situations. Like for instance, if West right. Virginia were to come out and support Bob Huggins now, that would, they they would be railroaded and destroyed as yeah. they should, because what Bob yeah. Huggins did on a Cincinnati radio station, there is no defense for, and everything yeah. that happens to him, he has he he you know, and it's same thing with Tom Brennerman, By the way, Tom Brennerman came oh. on my podcast, okay. And said, hey, Grant, what happened to you is so wrong. What happened to me, I got no one to blame but myself. You know, and he made that. There are different situations. What Bob Huggins did, there is, there's nobody that's rushing his defense. No one's going to rush to his defense. Why? Because he doesn't deserve to have anyone defend him right. for what he did. But there's, a, there's, a, there's a difference. Every situation is different.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you know something was not of that context, you can come out. It's again, it's when you yes. see something that's brutally wrong, you can say it's wrong. But when you see something that was not that, you can clarify. And yeah, it's it's whatever. It, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, when
1: right? you when, but when you're a basketball coach and you call a fan base of another university Catholic f homophobic yeah. slur. There is no defense for that. That's not a slip up. Yeah. That's not like, you know, oh, gee, I didn't intend that. Yeah, you did intend that. There's a difference. And my opinion, again, as a college basketball coach, Bob Huggins should be fired immediately. And, I, and I'm not a fan of cancel culture, but I'm sorry. In this particular instance, okay. when it was done repeatedly, this there, there's no defending this. I can't, if I'm the president of West Virginia, if I'm the athletic director, I can't have Bob Huggins as a coach of young men continue on in my university when he calls another school's fans Catholic F homophobic slur I can't have that that's not acceptable and that's not a slip of the tongue that's not what he can't say well I didn't really mean that yeah he did mean that because it wasn't just said once okay
0: yeah yeah no it's it's, yeah so but but I I just want to say I, I do agree with your point about Thank you. you know, networks don't have to. They can always stand up and do the right thing. There's nothing wrong. You don't have to be scared when you're trying to do the right thing, right? So, uh, but yeah. So anyway, um, so I, I wanted to talk about basketball, and uh, yes. you know, I kind of had an uh, up and down weekend watching the Sixers. I have absolutely no idea what happens to Jim Harden every other game. He goes from being basically a premier, you know, elite, you know, basketball player to basically somebody that you know, should be on the bench. So is that more of a mentality or because Grant, I'm watching him play and people say he's lost his game and can't blow by people. He, he's blown by people just fine. He's just hesitating. So is that because he's trying to be, because he's a second guy now and he's trying to, you know, you know, cater to Embiid
1: what's going on there? I can't get into James Harden's head. I can only go by history. This has okay. been the James Harden Really, ever since he was with Houston, where he plays great in the regular season, and then in the playoffs, the guy is Jekyll and Hyde, and you don't really know what you're going to get uh, from game to game. So I'm not really sure what else to say on that, other than this has been his pattern throughout his career.
0: What I don't understand is how could somebody – I mean, you see what I'm saying. He scored 45 one night. He disappears the next two games, and then he has a great perform- – I, I don't know if you watched the game yesterday, so – um, I, I mean, I, I just really feel like it, if Philly is going to win this series, and, and you you kind of brought up Kobe, and, you know, one thing I want to say, because, you know, growing up, I, I did watch Kobe a lot. I I obviously was a little uh, young uh, to watch Michael in his, you know, in, in all those runs. I only watched to the latter half. Um, I do miss Kobe Bryant to the sense that, you know, he always brought it, and he wasn't scared, and, and I just feel like athletes these days, and I'm not even – I'm just talking about just a broader sense. Um, There's just no more of, you know, a competitive spirit at that level. What he brought was he competed and he competed and he competed. And when I look at Kawhi Leonard, I'm talking about anybody, Harden's, even Jason Tatum, there's, it's just, what I'm saying is nobody has that mentality anymore. And I think he was the last one that have it. And, And I, and I do miss it. So uh, do you think that that's just a
1: growing trend with the new generation or do you think that's that a great question? New- uh, you know, I mean, that's a great, great question. Uh, I, I'm not ready to, you used the word trend. It could be a trend. Uh, that's a very good question. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if anyone really knows the answer to that, but it's, it's a very good question.
0: Yeah. I mean, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, like that's a last yes. person that we saw in the playoffs that, Oh man, Like, people feared him, like, because he was coming. Whether it was 3-0, 3-1, and you remember that famous comment that he made at 2 what's there to be happy about, you know, because he was locked in. And and I feel like game after game, these guys just get comfortable. I'm talking about Harden. I'm even talking about the Warriors. And, you know, so, yeah. So, I mean, but who do you have in the series?
1: Um, I still think Boston's going to win. And the reason why I think Boston's going to win is because of Harden. Because I'm, I'm sorry. Because, you, because okay. the reason why well, I say I that mean, is this, is the best this series he has, looks like and... it's going seven games. Would you agree with that? And i I have, I yes. have zero confidence Absolutely. in James Harden in a game seven. Okay,
0: okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I have confidence in him in every other game. So, so for example, if they're able to go up three two tomorrow night, I feel yep. like uh, you know Harden's is going to shit the bat in game six and it's going to go seven right <laughs> that's what i feel yeah, like i got gonna you. Do. that's what i'm scared of yeah so yeah all right and then last uh, thanks for the call last thing i want to ask you um tonight how much of a mu- I, and i know every game is a must win but for the lakers how much is it a must win tonight because then you're going to turn it into a three-game series against the
1: warriors who can who are streaky I don't think it's a must win. I think that both these teams have shown uh, that they're able to win with no issues on the other team's home floor already. So do I think it's a must win up two one? No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Thank you, Grant. Thanks. Thank you. I good hearing from you, buddy. All right. Don't forget to join me on my podcast tomorrow. Looking forward to that. I hope that, well, we got another call. We always get to John. Hello, John. I don't want to miss you before I say goodbye. How you doing, John? Man, I got in a little bit late. Uh, Glenn Kuiper, man, he got ripped, not unlike you did. Can you hear well, me, Grant? You know, yeah, I can hear you. I, I, I don't even know what else to say. I'm going to do my whole podcast on this. Not my whole podcast, but I'm going to spend a lot of time on my podcast talking about this tomorrow. It's just a very uh, disturbing country that we're living in in this day and age. The uh, cancel culture, the mob, uh, the people that go on social media. It's just the whole thing. It's just it's very sad. It's absolutely ridiculous, Grant. I wholeheartedly agree. And uh, not
0: everybody's bad, but, man, a lot of that crap is bad. But there's a lot to look forward to. So
1: not everything is terrible. But, man, everything that is brought up. Give me one thing to look forward to. Help me out here. Give me one thing to look forward to. You said not everything's bad. What's what's, what's the one thing we should all be looking forward to? I don't know. The F1 series. That was fun as hell, watching them racing around in Miami yesterday. All right, Grant? Yeah. Well, we can't look forward to that. It's already happened, but I understand the point you're trying to make. It was, that was good stuff. Hey, Grant, thanks for the platform and you are right again and spot on. And so is Ryan and everybody else. You're the best, John. You have a good one. You take care. And don't forget to listen to my podcast tomorrow. I think you're going to enjoy it. You take care everybody. Bye-bye now.